Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. And on Fire Friday, shout out Lloyd Banks. Evan Giddings and FB Santangelo with you here, filling in for Matt Steinmetz and Daryl the Guru Johnson. Boys, we'll be back soon. I see you, Greg. I see you, Buckus. But speaking of on fire, we're just joking around. You know, there, there's moves being made everywhere in the football world. The Giants just went out and got a flamethrower. So I was just curious, like, how the hell do you hit 104 miles an hour? You don't. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like, good players can. But, like, when a guy throws 100 or more, I used to, I can't speak for everybody, would just guess strike and swing. Like, I'm swinging on this pitch and hope it's a strike. Because there's just no time to wait around. Like, you get to a 1-0 count, and you're like, I hope this guy throws a strike, and I'm swinging here, and if it's over my head, I'm going to look like an idiot. But like Jordan Hicks fastball, I'm looking on fan graphs right now, averaged 100.2 miles an hour last year. Averaged. Average. That means he sat at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> like, did he know where it was going? Probably not all the time, but still, like, fastball slider split and his fastball averaged 100. Uh, in, in 2019, it, it averaged 101.2. So, at the very least, you, like, watch the speed gun when you come out. And, watch. and then the Giants signed a closer. They're going to make him a starter. They've signed starters and made him closers. I just. We'll see what happens with this whole thing. Yeah, I don't know if they're spoiled with pitching right now, but I know Butkus and Taha want to talk about Bay Area fans being not spoiled. What's up, Butkus? You're on with Evan and FP on 95.7 The Game. How you, how you doing? Good. How you guys doing? Good, man. Yeah, just uh, yeah, just wanted to address a little of the spoiled fans comment. I mean, I'm a fifth-generation Oaklander, and, um, you know, we grew up, you know, massive Warriors fans, and we went through massive pain. <laughs> and, uh, you know, growing up, we were losing left and right, right and left. We got Weber, and then it went downhill again. We thought we were going to be good. So we, I think that's part of the reason why maybe some of the fans were just disappointed because when we're growing up going to the games in Oakland, walking run TMC and we believe like they would never give up. I mean, giving up was not even an option for those teams. And like, even though we were losing, barely making the playoffs, I mean, that stadium was like ear deafening people just standing, you know, it was just incredible. So you know, so I'll just beg to disagree a little bit with that. And then kind of on the same note, like, I don't think that would have ever happened in Oakland. You know, San Francisco is now just full of, like, very rich, not to be too offensive, <laughs> tech bro, corporate fan seats, and who did not grow up here. And, like, even watching the game, like, no one was cheering. Like, no one was in the first quarter, second quarter, anything. And, like, that would have never happened in Oakland. And so for, you know, I'm not sure if all those people who were booing were, like, true, true Warrior, you know, Bay Area fans. So 
So anyways, just throwing that out there. And then also, you know, Clay, I think he was just frustrated and his comments, you know, probably just came out a little bit wrong. <clears throat> I mean, he's obviously loved and a brother to the Bay. Uh, but I wish you'd just stop being sad and instead just get mad and drop ten threes, you know. And I think some of the it, the negativity of Clay and whatever is kind of rubbing off on the young guys too. So I just hope he gets back to his, you know, the old Clay and and uh, you know a little more positivity. And you know, I want to see that. I want to see that bulldog back. Yo, Buckus, uh, when is it okay to boo your home team? Well, I mean, that was borderline. I mean, I was watching from home, and if I take two... Oh, sorry, we lost him. Oh, damn, I wanted to hear that answer. I mean, it, it sounds like he was as close as, I guess, he, he could ever be to, to booing a team for, well, for their effort on Wednesday. Let me throw that out there. When's yeah. it okay to boo the home team? When's it okay to boo the team that, that, that you love? Or a player that you love? When, when's that okay? I don't think it ever is. To boo a, a player or, it, it, or a team? It, yeah, I, I don't. Even being on the East Coast for what? You said 11 years? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, never okay to boo. <laughs> they boo Santa Claus in Philly. <laughs> yeah. Which I understand, because if he doesn't bring you what you want, I'd boo him too. So I, no, I, I'm, I'm joking, but like, when is it okay to boo the home team? And I would love to hear from fans that, like, is it is it just because they suck? Because, like, Jason Giambi used to tell me, drip, give me the drip. Jason Giambi used to tell me that uh, a, a, a boo is a cheer turned inside out. Like, people are ready to cheer. And then what they want to happen doesn't happen. So all of that energy goes from a cheer to a boo. I'm like, oh, I never looked at it that way. But like, when is it okay? When's that okay? Is it ever okay? Is it okay X, Y, and Z? Like, I would love to hear from fans when they feel like it's okay to boo your your own team. 888 is the number. Also, the Comcast business text line. 415 is with you, FP. Never okay to boo your home team. I think to me, if there is no effort, and I, I don't know if, like, I'm assuming all these players before the game, it's not like they're they're walking out on the floor or the field, whatever playing surface you're on, and saying, yeah, I'm just not going to give an F today. Like, I'm just, I'm just not going to go out there. But I do think there are some nights in which, like on Wednesday, the Pelicans come out and hit five threes in the first four minutes, and to me the Warriors just kind of wilted. So if you're a, a fan, and maybe now because it costs more than ever to go to games, fans feel like they have a right to act or cheer or jeer whenever they want. But to me, and this is, I guess, my, my biggest issue with the callers talking about Clay, right? My biggest issue with that was, okay, you've been praised and cheered and revered for a decade, if not longer. And this is the first time in your career because of a complete just lack of effort from the entire team. It's not They're not booing you. They're booing the Warriors, just like they cheered for the Warriors, just like we paraded the Warriors down Market Street. And to me, I, I do think it was fair on that night with what they did following their effort on Sunday. And when the head coach and the star player of the team are coming out and saying, I, I booed myself, I think we deserve to get booed. To me, it, it becomes warranted. Now, I, I don't think that that's something that should become commonplace, but to me, FP, and I don't, I don't know how you feel about this, but if you go to a game and the team that you're paying to watch doesn't look like they're into it or doesn't look like they care, why, why should you care as a fan or, or a viewer? You know what I'm saying? If you feel like you care more as a fan than the players, then that's when it gets ugly. But you know what's worse than booing is when they leave and you're watching them just file out and you're like, damn, 
There was eight minutes left on Wednesday when the fans it's began to leave. Seventh inning and people are leaving. There's seven minutes left in the fourth quarter and people leaving. Like you're you're the home team and you're losing and you look around the stadium's empty. To me, that that was always harder than than getting booed. Although you know, getting booed when you get booed by your home crowd, that's tough. On the road, you get booed. You're supposed to get booed. On the road, you get ragged on. You're supposed to get ragged on. Like you're, you're only the good players get booed on the road, and it's kind of like a compliment, to be honest. But like when, like you finally get home after a long road trip, and you're hearing everybody just rag on you and saying how crappy you are, and there's no energy, and you have to create your own energy because there's no fan energy, right? If you're on the road, you used to take pride in like making the other person's stadium arena silent. You'd be like, yeah. Listen to this. There's yeah. nothing going on right now. Yeah, this is awesome. And then you finally get home and you sleep in your own bed. You drive to your own arena, your own ballpark, and it's like, oh my God, the home fans. And then you let them down and then they boo you. There's no worse feeling. There really isn't. No, and that's why, look, looking at the YouTube chat powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Yeah. Um, with you, Tarveris, you boo and you don't see effort. Uh, also, Tall Asian Mike, what's the meaning of the drip? Well, as you've heard SP drop a couple times, when you name drop someone or you name drop a story or you have something that is droppable, you hear the drip, right? So when you're, yeah, it's, it's a humble brag. Well, or just a brag. It, it could be just a brag if you, want, if you really want to go down Nothing road. humble about when I do it. <laughs> you, <laughs> you just keep your finger on that bad boy. <laughs> Let's get out to Greg in Oakland. Wants to talk about the subject at hand right now, motivation and booing. What's up, Greg? You're on with FP and Evan here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, how you guys doing? I'm hanging out with my bro, Davu, down here in San Leandro. We're just talking about how, you know, a lot of these players, they're, 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 they're putting on poor performances, and, and their motivation is questionable. And, and it seems to me that they could make a, a, a great stride. Maybe Steve could get in there with these guys who are thinking about their money or thinking about their tees or thinking about everything but the game and tell them, hey, be motivated by gratitude. Look up at those butts in the seats and say, hey, man, Thanks for making me a millionaire. Now watch me put a nice swish on this three. You know, um, I, I, I do see all this stuff about we have a different kind of tech bro crowd now and they have different expectations. But fact is, these guys are, are they're, they're, they're sports news for the wrong reasons right now. And, and maybe just turning to gratitude would be a great way to like to just turn off all the side stuff and start playing the game. Maybe. I mean, look, whenever you're losing, things are not going well. When you win, it kind of cures everything, and, and the Warriors are in need of a win. By the way, they can get one tonight at 5 o'clock when they play the Chicago Bulls in Chicago. Right here on 95.7, the game can catch all the action with Tim Roy. Uh, Mark Rainey's going to have your pre and post. So, like, the, the Warriors, to me now, I mean, I thought that they deserved to be booed. Um, I would. I never thought I'd get to that point, though. Coming into the season, or even prior season, you could never imagine Clay Thompson or Stephen Curry getting booed, Steve Curry getting booed. But when it happened in the moment, and I don't know if you heard it through the television, FP, but were you shocked? Because I wasn't sitting there watching what I was watching. I wasn't shocked because the effort wasn't there. And I always say that you never tell a pain fan what to do. Like, you don't. The customer's I mean, always the customer's right. customer's always right. I just don't believe in it. That's just me. And I've... You know, whatever. If you want to boo, boo. But I just, I just feel like there's so much frustration right now. Not so much with the outcome, 
but the effort. I mean, they lost a couple of close games, and that kind of masked the real problem. They, you know, Steph hit that big shot against the Celtics, and they won in overtime. And there's still, you could see there was issues, and you guys are probably talking about it every single day on the air. But and then all of a sudden, here comes like the three blowouts in a row at home. I think just fans are frustrated right now. So literally, I would never tell you what to do as a fan. I would never tell you how to feel as a fan. Like, because fans are always right. You guys go to the game. You guys pay the money to see the product. I just don't believe in it. I think, like, I think just walking out with a lot of time left is, it was always like, whoa to me. Like, if you boo, okay. Yeah, I get it. You're frustrated. But, like, when you look and the stands are empty and you still got lots of time left or lots of innings to play, or it's the fourth quarter and there's nobody there. That's when you'd like have to do like it's everybody for this team right now. In my opinion, we always used to say that go home, look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, what can I do to make this team better? And it might not be scoring 30 points. It might be getting somebody else involved. It might be checking your ego at the door. It might be making somebody better. Like to put this all on Steph Curry right now, and we could get into it. I have some I have some strong takes about Draymond derailing two seasons in a row. And you can say what you want about Draymond, but he's derailed two seasons in a row personally. Oh, well, he wouldn't have won. They wouldn't have won four champs. I don't care. Like, what have you done for me lately? You punched your teammate last season. They never had any chemistry. You haven't been available this year. And to me, when you talk about tools and players and he's fast, he can jump, he can shoot, he can hit, he can throw, he can run. He's got a strong arm in football. He runs a four four forty. The biggest tool to me in sports is availability. And as as a teammate, if I don't know you're going to be there and I can't count on you being there and I don't know if your own agenda and being mad at a player, being mad at a ref is more important than us winning a game and you're putting yourself first in that regard and then I can't count on you because I don't know when you're going to be there and there's inconsistency, not only in your performance, but your availability. Like to me, like he's derailed two seasons by himself. We wouldn't be talking about them in this regard if he wouldn't have done all this stuff this year. If he had said, like, you know, I screwed up last year. I shouldn't have punched my teammate, and we never got along, and there was never a vibe, which he said as much, and this is a big year for me, and then you come out and do all this stuff, and you're suspended, and you're not there, and they're playing like they're playing, and now they're getting booed, and he's going to come on, a, come back on a white horse and save the day. That's not going to happen, dude. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, my level of excitement for Draymond's return is the lowest that it's ever been for any of his returns or reinstatements or whatever reintegrate whatever you want to call it uh but i do think that like i don't know if the season can get any worse by this point and a lot of that to your point is a result of his own actions especially going back to even last year uh but the warriors need something and i don't know if draymond can be that guy anymore uh but i know that they can't get worse with him or actually i don't know that but i don't feel i don't think they can I hope they can't, because getting booed at home in back-to-back games is certainly a bad place to be. Uh, Shout-out to the YouTube chat, powered by First NorCal Credit Union, man of 1,005 holds. Donating $5 to say, getting booed is okay. It shows that fans care. Seeing fans sleep or silence is worse. If you don't want to be the fans to boo, play better. Simple as that. I'm kind of with you, and even you said this, FP, which I agree with. Like To me... If I'm not interested in a game, I'm not saying anything. Like the power of silence to me is almost more deafening and more damning to a performer or an entertainer than being booed. Like I know that like comedians say that being booed and, you know, just falling flat on your face sucks. But also imagine telling a joke and not hearing anything. Crickets would hurt even more. Like your joke or your version of entertainment, the way you're playing on a stage of your musician, not hearing any type of response means that you're not even worth 
me vocalizing. Like that, that to me would be pretty damning. Yeah, silence speaks volumes, doesn't it? Yeah. Like it's like if you don't re return a text to somebody, like you're not ghosting them, but you don't respond to a text. Sometimes that says more than like an emotional response to a text. Not, not that I condone that, but like every once in a while, if you know you just don't feel like returning a text because you don't, that's fine. Ghosting completely to me is terrible, so I, I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> I don't even get into that. How the emotional emotional uh, I don't know IQ. And what happens? Do we have breaking news again? Well, it does look like uh, University of Washington's head coach, Kalen DeBoer, is negotiating a contract with Alabama to be the next head coach. So Nick Saban's got a successor. Oh, he'll last a year. <laughs> he might if you don't win, he, if you don't he, win anything. Whatever. <laughs> Dude, you're talking about places you would not want to go or yeah. people you would not want to follow. Like, yeah, come on. Come Nick on, Saban's top. I know we got a lot of vacancies around the NFL and college. Dude, following up six national titles in, what, 17 seasons? Like, that is not a place I would want to go. I would not want to be the successor of Bill Belichick, even though I know they hired in-house for Gerard Mayo. Even Pete Carroll, I think, would be a difficult act to follow with what he's done in Seattle, bringing the first championship to that city. So it, it, that is why I think... I know Steve Kerr has not done a great job this year, but when you look at the Bay Area and the type of leadership they have at either the you know the head coaching position, front office, and otherwise, I do feel appreciative that we get to watch Kyle Shanahan. And even Steve Kerr, this year has not been his best, but for the last decade or so, and even longer, I am appreciative we get to watch them operate the way they do because they brought a lot of great things to this area. Dude, we have some of the best coaches in the history of sports in the Bay Area, whether yeah. it's Bill Walsh, whether it's Bruce Bochy, whether it's Dusty Baker, whether it's... I, I mean, name just start name drop Steve Kerr. Start name dropping coaches that we've had here in the Bay Area, and it's just been incredible with the run. And Bruce Bochy's a Hall of Famer. Dusty Baker's a Hall of Famer. Yep. Felipe Alou should be a Hall of Famer just based on his body of work as a baseball player. So the Giants had back to back to back, in my opinion, Hall of Fame managers. And then you go to Bill Walsh and George Seifert, and you look at the history there with the Niners. Now Kyle Shanahan, and what he's got to win a ring, right, to join that club. Mm -hmm. You saw what Jim Harbaugh said after winning the national championship. He can sit at the big boy table now because his dad and his brother had won championships, and he hadn't as a coach. So like, once you get into the big boy table, and I think Kyle's got to do that. To be mentioned with the names I said, he's got to win one. Yeah. And hopefully it's this year. We'll see. And even with the Warriors, with, with Don Nelson, I know they didn't have the greatest of head coaches in the early 2000s and later on, um, but but Don Nelson was certainly a, a big boy for them and helped turn around a tumultuous time in the Bay Area. Let's get back out to the phone lines. 888-957-9570 is the number. FB Santangelo, Evan Giddings filling in for Steining Guru here on a Feel Good Friday. Let's get out to Texas, where Horace is waiting by. wants to talk about booing. What up, Horace? How you doing? What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Chilling, man. Chilling, yeah, I'm chilling too, man. Hey, here's the thing, man, about this booing, man. Uh, I, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just say it like this: I'm not rocking with the booing, man. And 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 here's the reason why. Um, I don't, I don't blame Clay for his for his uh, reaction, not losing sleep over it, because here's my deal. These guys, I'm, I'm upset. I'm angry. Uh, uh, with the way they're playing, they, they're out playing bad right now. But I think it's more of I'm more upset with the front office and the coaching staff, the way they've been doing things over the last few years. That's what brought this on. But now, with as far as the booing is concerned, hey man, it's like this: if you're gonna boo me when I'm struggling, they know they're struggling. They know they're playing bad. The Warriors know they're playing bad. But if you're gonna boo me, 
when I'm struggling, when I'm down, then brother, don't start cheering me once I get it together and get it figured out. You know, ride, why can't we ride with them when they're down? I'm not saying you got to cheer them when they're, when, when, when they're playing bad. But booing is just crossing the line. You can be silent. I think being silent does send a message. But to boo them is what we're going to do. When they get it together and start playing great, are we going to start cheering them again? To me, that's fair weather. And I'm not rocking with it. Look, I mean that's that is your point of view, Horace, and and I think it might be in the minority, but you know, to me, booing is a form of affection in the sense like when you have a connection or a relationship with someone, you being silent about something you feel passionate about isn't always the best way to deal with things. It's not always great to bottle things up, and sometimes getting it out and expressing the way you feel also gives a, a message to whoever. It, like, I, I understand there might be better, more constructive ways to display your, your frustration with a situation, but to me, booing, like, as long as you're not saying things that are personal and mean and foul and disgusting, then I, I do think, like, booing is, that's just a part of sports. I know it may not be as par, as ingrained in the West Coast culture as it is in the rest of the country in terms of, you know, mm. sports and sports culture, but... I do think it's it's on limits, and it and it's something that every athlete or most athletes probably have to deal with, and I think the Warriors, for the most part, handled it pretty well. They came out and said the right things, and whether they felt that way or didn't, the only one that really, you know, I I guess went after the fans or or you know, kind of expressed uh, his disgruntled attitude with what happened was Clay Thompson. Yeah, I mean, it, it, booing's part of sports. But you know what the coolest thing that I think? I, I don't think fans know how much power they have. Like, when you're, when you're on the field, you feed off the energy. When you're in the arena, you feed off the energy. The coolest thing I've seen happen recently with a fan-player relationship is when Trey Turner was struggling with the Phillies this year, and he's walking up to the plate, and for no reason, everybody at Citizens Bank Ballpark stood up and gave him a standing ovation. He was hitting like a buck something or low 200s. He was the big offseason acquisition. And all of a sudden, the Phillies fans stood up, gave him a standing ovation. He just looked like shocked. And he was getting booed. He was getting booed nightly. He said he had a quote like, my mom should be booing me. I'm playing so bad. Like, I get it. She's even telling me on the phone, like, what's going on? And he just kind of looked around, and it turned his whole season around. He went from being one of the worst players on the Phillies after signing this huge offseason deal, to be one of their best players the rest of the year. So I don't think fans realize like how much power they have. And like if you get ragged on as a player, like on the road, it's part of it. Like you hear you I mean, when when you're in New York, they're like, FP, could can I get an autograph? And you come run over and sign an autograph and like you run away and they're like, you still suck as you're leaving. The best one ever was at Wrigley Field. Some guy said, Santangelo, you're so short, I can see your feet in your driver's license picture. And I was like, <laughs> that's, the best, that's the best rag. I turned around, and I tipped my hat and did a bow in right field in Wrigley. I'm like, that's the best rag I've ever heard in my life, and I'll never forget it. And I started laughing. I turned around, and the fans were laughing. You play with them a little bit. Yeah. And then it gets, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the best rag I've ever heard. <laughs> that is pretty good. <laughs> 
Uh, well, I know the one team that no one's been booing lately is the San Francisco 49ers, and we will talk about them on a Football Friday brought to you by First 5 California. To learn four things you can do to overcome toxic stress, go to first5california.com. If you want to get on the conversation, we're talking about booing the idea of being a Fairweather fan. Did the Warriors fans do the wrong thing on Wednesday? Were they in the right? Everything is on limits. Just like in sports. 888 is the number. That's FP Santangelo. Evan Giddings with you. Filling in for Steiny and Guru. Also, that segment was brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking. No compromises. And by Xfinity. Xfinity 10G. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Network made for streaming live sports. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. Evan Giddings and FB Santangelo in for Steiny and Guru. Boys are going to be back next week. Sending a lot of love out to the Stein Mets as well as the Shasky family here on 95.7 The Game. And no, 650, you can't boo Jordan Hicks already. Jesus. <laughs> can't do that, man. He might drive you nuts, man. <laughs> he, he may, depending on how many walks. Won't be able to see the ball, though. The guy throws 112. Let's uh, let's kickstart the conversation, FP, with someone who is at the game on Wednesday. We're talking about when it's right, when it's wrong to boo, how fans express themselves, what's in bounds, what's out of bounds. Especially when we're talking about four-time chance, we want to hear from you at eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's head down to our producer John's neck of the woods, Santa Cruz. Might be foggy down there today. What's up, James? You're on ninety five seven. The game. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, man. Yeah, so I was at the game Wednesday night, and uh, I got two tickets from my mom as a Christmas Christmas present. I was actually in the lower bowl, and uh, it was the second time I ever going to the Warriors game. And I think nice. what they started out with two quick turnovers, and then on the other floor, the Pelicans hit five threes in a row, and then the defense and the effort was just it was pathetic. And I'm sitting there with my brother, who I went with, and we're just looking at each other like, this is bad. And I think, I mean, I started doing at the end of the third, uh, beginning of the fourth, it was just so bad. It was hard to watch. I stayed the entire game. People started leaving with 10 minutes left in the fourth. And I love the Warriors. Like, I've been a Dubs fan my entire life since I was, you know, a little kid. So, I don't know. It just sucked to go and watch them play with such little effort. Like, they didn't care. It definitely feels like there's a vibe around the team, like they know something's coming. Well, something might be coming, James, but the trade deadline is February 8th, so we got a little bit of time before then. No, I mean, that you heard right there, FP, from someone who was in, in the crowd and felt the way they felt along with their brother, lower bowl participant, by the way, and evidently felt the need to boo. Dude, I want that drip thing as my text message notification. <laughs> How do I get that? Literally, there, you, it, it, whoop. There's no bigger name dropper at this station than me. 
So I mean, you're gonna like wear that thing out, and it's probably gonna buttons probably gonna break. Drops, but per I minute. need that. I need that in my life. I need that like just <laughs> when I'm walking around town, or maybe at a bar. I just need to hear that sound to get me back, like like a Pavlovian kind of thing, where I start to drool a little bit, like Pavlov's dogs. Because I'm always name dropping, dude. I I just am. It's just kind of. And I, I don't. Well, you're a do, professional athlete. I feel like if there's no, anyone I, has the right to drop per minute, it here, would be you. Here's the thing, and this is not trying to justify it, but like, I do it because I'm excited and can't believe that I know that person or was around that person, and it's coming from a genuine place. Like, it's not like, oh, look at me, I know so and so. It's just like there's FP no. FP stands for fancy person. I look by the at way. my life and like, how the hell did a 12 year old me play for the A's and the Giants? Give me the drip, like whatever. It, it's just like <laughs> my life is blessed and charmed. So like, I I kind of need that in my life. Like, I like it on the show. And like I, I guarantee you, in the five shows I've done here, I'm leading the league in the, those things. <laughs> like I'm, I'm number one with a bullet. With it. but I need that in my life. Like I need that. Can somebody just follow me around with that sound? Like literally just to check me. Like, dude, you're being an idiot right now. Like we don't we don't care. Well, now it's just going to be in the back of your head. Anytime you're having a conversation, or you're on the phone, or even like like say you send a text message and you just reference something in mm-hmm. the back of your mind, you're just going to hear a whoop. I need that. Just going to hear that drip like a shot caller. <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I mean, not opposed to that in general, by the way. We pretty Maybe much have too a much shot information. clock for drips on this show. I mean, yeah. every 24 seconds, yeah. it seems like. But, of course, we're getting into, well, the Warriors haven't been dripping lately. They've been dropping games, the three games below 500. The, ni- the Niners, meanwhile, of course, are getting geared up for their postseason. And it's also a chance for you getting geared up for Tuesday, listeners, because you have a chance to win an autographed Christian McCaffrey jersey. All you have to do is listen on Tuesday, so beginning next Tuesday, on January 16th, during the morning roast, 7.30 to 8.30 a.m., Steiny and Guru, 12.30 to 1.30 p.m., and then Willard and Dibs, 4.30 to 5.30 p.m. How it works is in each of the shows, we'll give you a keyword, and then you have to text the code. Text that keyword, we'll give you, and then, bam, you can qualify for a better chance to win. You can text each keyword during every show, so unlimited chances to text between morning roast, Steiny and Guru, Willard and Dibs. Send your texts in to get yourself in the hopper as Steiny like to say, I don't know what a hopper is because I'm too young, but it will give yourself a better chance to win the autographed Christian McCaffrey autographed jersey. I'm going to show that in a minute, but before we do so, let's get back out to the phones at 888-957-9570. Hanging on patiently has been Gabriel in Davis. What's up, Gabriel? How you doing? Hey, Jens. How you doing today? Great show. Hey, I just wanted to uh, just chime in on that that lady who called about uh, booing fans. Um so I'm born, raised in the Bay Area. We've been here for for decades and stuff. But uh, I joined the military, went 20 years, came back retired. But the one thing I noticed is there's so many people who are not from the Bay Area. It started like in the mid-90s or whatever. But there's so many people that aren't even from here. So they don't know, like, like the other day I was talking to somebody and they said, oh, I'm from the Bay. I said, oh, hum baby. And they were like, what? And I was like, oh, that's weird. How, how long have you been in the Bay? He's like, oh, I've been here four years, but I'm a Bay Area guy. You know what I mean? And so... Like, a lot of these fans that are booing, I don't know if they're locals, because when we grew up, we like somebody said earlier, when they were in Oakland, we were always cheering for them, even when we were terrible. I mean, my, my hated team was always the Atlanta Braves, because in the 80s, the Giants would be really good, and then the Braves would always beat us, and it would just crush me every time. So when I joined the military, and the Giants go on and win all these championships, I was so happy just to be a part of that. But I think the bands in the Bay are great. Sometimes they boo, but I, I think we've been very lucky the last 10 years. They have all these great teams, but don't discount the fact of the 70s and 80s. And we looked at the A's in the 70s, but 
we had some really bad teams. <laughs> so I think, I think we're, we're good fans, and I hope we don't boo, but sometimes it's warranted. But I think overall we have a good culture here in the Bay Area. That's all I wanted to say. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's transplants everywhere, and especially in the city of San Francisco. Uh, but but everywhere you go, FP, I mean, that's kind of the, the beauty of the country in a way. It's like everyone has been moving around. Everyone's been bringing their fandom to different places. Like, I'm from the East Bay, so I grew up loving the Warriors, obviously. But... Yeah, you know, I, I don't think it's it's unfair for like anytime you go to a game, whether you're from there, whether you're visiting, you're a tourist, you're in town to see, like you're expecting to be entertained, and the Warriors have not been entertaining. Meanwhile, the San Francisco 49ers have been extremely entertaining, and that's just kind of the state of of where we're at. Fortunately, it does feel like even though let's say the Warriors are down bad, the Giants have, have not been great as of late, it always feels like there is a team that has taken over the mantle that is in a position to grab our attention, whether it was the Giants, 2010, 12, 14, then, of course, followed by the Warriors, 15, 17, 18, and then 22. And now it looks like it could be a 49ers town once again. So we are lucky. Let me break this down. It could be wrong. I'm I'm not saying I know what I'm talking about here, but I want to get your take on it. Like, when teams have success, what happens? Their fan base grows. 100%. So along the lines of what the gentleman just said. So, like... All of a sudden, the Giants win, and now they have more fans, and you see brand new Giants hats. You don't see the old, like, worn-out hat that they've been wearing since Candlestick Park. Mm-hmm. You get new fans when you win. When the Warriors win, their fan base grows. What What is their their franchise is worth $8 billion now because of all the success they had Damn in the near, four yeah. championships? So you get people want to be associated with a winner. So now you get a bunch of new fans. When When any team wins for the first time, you get a bunch of new fans. And now all of a sudden, those fans are new. And you take the bandwagon's big enough for everybody. You want new fans. You want to grow your fan base. You want to grow your brand. But now you have fans that haven't experienced the tough times, right? Because now they're just jumping on with the Warriors' first championship, 2010 Giants fans. Back to my initial point where I had friends that have told me, like, can the Giants just win a World Series at home once after they won their third World Series in five years? So, like, you have a new fan base. Like, you <laughs> yeah. have a new fa- I don't want to say it's a spoiled fan base, but it's a fan base that, for lack of a better term, hasn't paid their dues. Like, the Warriors fans that were on the other side of the bridge, that went to that place, maybe the most loyal fan base in the Bay Area. When yeah. the Warriors sucked and they still came and they still cheered and they were hoping for greatness, but they were there and they were loud. Those fans, I would say, maybe now aren't the same fans that are booing this team. So when you jump in, Hmm. At the highest level, when you jump in, because and it's great. It's just, it, that baseball appealed to you in 2010, and now I'm really a Giants fan, and I'm wearing the gear. And 12, oh my God, I got another Giants hat, and I got the 12 championship T-shirt, and I'm 14. Are you kidding me? But you jumped in at 10, yeah, which is fine. You want to build your brand, you want to build the fan base. And the Warriors, maybe they got a bunch of new fans on the last parade a couple of years ago, and. So those fans have not. I, I don't want to call them fair weather because because we're we're open to all, right? We want everybody. We want a bigger fan base. We want everybody to be a fan of our team. We want to sell tickets. We want to sell, sell te- season tickets. We want to sell suites. And winning does that. Winning, you print money. But with that comes, I think, a certain fan that's not bad, good, or indifferent. I'm not getting on them. That doesn't know the pain that of 2000. What was it, two when the Giants lost to the Angels? Yeah. Or the pain of, you know, the Niners losing a Super Bowl. Or mm-hmm. the pain of the Warriors being crappy for all those years. 
but you just know the success. So now you think that's how it's supposed to go, right? Yep. When I jumped in in this party, the party was raging. I wasn't the, I wasn't early to the party where there's nobody here and I'm standing in a corner. When I got to the party, dude, it was full force. I mean, people were dancing on the tables. We were ripping shots. <laughs> we were celebrating till four in the morning. That's when I jumped into this party. So now maybe my reference is a little bit, I guess, off compared to like that gentleman that just called and said, I've been a fan for all these years. Yeah, to, to take your example a step further, it's like if you get to the to the bar at 7 p.m. and you're in the crowd and you watch people file in and you're having a good time, well, then at the end of the party, you know, if it's not looking great, you, you, you kind of have a little more reference to say, well, you know, this place ain't jumping anymore. But if you get there at midnight when it's wall-to-wall and people are elbows-to-elbows and then you're the one that is, is booing people or is, you know, saying that this this place stinks and we got to get out of here well it's like well you you know like you're not really local like you're not exactly in a position to understand just how like how far the night has come but but the loyal fan that's been there forever that got a quad a candlestick and extra innings at giants games and froze their ass off in the summertime watching the giants play still is euphoric about a championship sure still thinks it's the greatest drug they've ever taken still thinks it's the most awesome thing ever but they have like perspective in reference to they've paid their dues and i don't i don't think they're as expectant or entitled is maybe somebody that jumps in right at the highest level at the peak mm -hmm. if no. that makes sense i don't know i could be off no no, no i'm with you i, I want to hear what fans have to think though at 888-957-9570 that's fp santangelo my name is evan giddings we're filling in for steiny and guru here on 95.7 the game let's get out to west oak let's go to the east bay where it all started for the warriors what's up bleacher dave what do you got what's up giddings and fp how are y'all oh doing fantastic man bueno here, hey, shout out to uh, Steiny and Butcher Boy. Um, Thank you. Uh, FP, I think you just nailed it, what you just last said about long-term fans, short-term fans. I mean, I've been, I mean, man, I grew up in the Coliseum. I'm going to Coliseum since Vita Blue, George Blanda, and Rick Barry, and have been season ticket holders for all those teams probably for the last 20 years or so before they abandoned me. <laughs> but one thing that I think you got wrong is at least fans in Oakland – we knew our power. Like, I was one of them dudes out in the left field bleachers in 2001 hmm. uh, when either A swept the Red Sox and the Yankees back-to-back. Giambi -back. Uh, walked off Mike Stanton on a 3-2 curveball, and Bill King dropped one of my favorite calls of all time. Uh, Jason Giambi is the man with capital letters. And so I got to thinking about who I booed uh, in that place over the years and, and why I did it. And so here, here, here's a list. I booed Matt Holiday because he, he dogged after a ball he missed in left field one time. Now, I my wife Matt couldn't Holiday. stand that guy. I kind of get that. Yeah, my wife kind of get that. Just saying, just saying, kind of get that. I'm with you. Yeah. And so my wife didn't like the guy. I was like, well, he's just lackadaisical. He's just not expressive. Don't hold that against him. But when he dogged it, I booed. I booed Jamarcus Russell because I'm like, dude, can you study the playbook? Can you come prepared to play? You know, can you get off the lean? And so I thought that was, you know, boo worthy. I booed, I booed Lakeham when they came out that day after trade Monte. It, I was, I sure was wrong about that, but I booed him. I booed Joe Barry Carroll back in the early eighties. Joe barely cares. And so I think, you know, for, for me, and I think this is where France come from. It's when the it's not about the performance. 
uh, it's about the lack of effort. And when the effort's lacking, then that's how we are. That's how we express ourselves. But I was watching the game. I'm still a, I'm still a Warriors season ticket holder. So in 20, in 2008, we, the fans powered that we believed in down the stretch in the regular season. And we urged them and willed them to win the playoff games in 2015. Man, I went to as many games I could throughout the regular season. It was all the same people. We were so hungry and had a fever pitch. We urged that team on to win. By 2016, half of them people, they kept their seats. Only half were coming. By 2017, it was just a handful. They kept their seats, but it got really expensive and people were flipping them. And so even in Oracle, by the time they left in 2019, it was the San Francisco crowd. That passion had gone down. But one thing that A's fans and those era of Warrior fans knew, always knew, was that we would cheer to make things happen, not only in reaction to good stuff happen, man. And so that is what's so important and beautiful about the fan culture that we have here. It's now at the roots. Uh, but I would have been very torn at that Warriors game. I sold my tickets. But the effort was poor, just like that dude was saying. But just because what they've given me, I can't imagine booing Steph Curry. I could never boo that dude as an athlete um, because after 40 years between 75 and 2015, what they've given us is amazing. I posted a video of a dance party that they used to have after playoff wins in 2018. It's got like 40,000 likes. People love that team and love that moment. But I tell you what, if you go out there and take the paycheck and you're dogging it, you deserve every boo that comes your way. Hey, appreciate you guys. FP, that 2001 team was so dang good. Best, <laughs> best A's infield I ever seen. I'm still at a flummox that, uh, you know, the way that thing ended. But I appreciate you, man. Uh, appreciate you guys getting. Thanks for being here and talking us through this. That's an A plus call right yeah, there. That, that's call a, that's an A plus call all Thanks, the way. Man. See, well, he touched on something in, in what I think is a good fan. Like, in my opinion, good fans realize the importance and how much they can influence a game. Good fans are proactive. They cheer for things to happen. For instance, I don't know, third and five, and everybody's on their feet yeah. when their team has the ball. They're cheering for a first down. Uh, an 0-2 count their pitcher has with like a runner in second and third, and they stand up and cheer before the 0-2 pitch and will a strikeout. And if I'm hitting, I feel that, dude. So a lot of times, certain fan bases are reactive. Ah, it's a home run. Let's cheer. Oh, it's a base hit, two runs scored. Let's cheer. But like the real true fans, and I think this is more of an East Coast vibe than a West Coast vibe, like the New York fan, the Philadelphia fan, the Boston fan, the East Coast fan cheers for things to happen. They're anticipatory. They're proactive. They will it to happen. Exactly what that caller just said. That's one of the best calls I've ever heard. They, they will things to happen because they realize that they have this power to kind of influence the game, and you do. Like, if I'm hitting with the bases loaded in Yankee Stadium and I'm a visiting player and it's a 3-2 count and everybody's on their feet or a 1-2 count and everybody's on their feet or there's two outs in the ninth, I used to sit there and go, like, I don't want to make the last out. This is intimidating. Like, you feel that as a visiting player. And fans can influence the outcome of the game with, A, cheering for us and we feed off the energy, and B, like, 
oh my God, like, look, they're on their feet in a one-two count right now, and I'm throwing this pitch, and I'm going to throw the best damn slider I ever thrown because I'm feeding mm-hmm. off this. Like, like a, a, a really knowledgeable, uh, passionate fan base that cheers for things to happen can actually make those things happen. Oh, I agree. I mean, some of the best playoff atmospheres I've seen, you're just talking about baseball here in, in San Francisco during those World Series runs, and in Oakland for playoff games at the Coliseum, um, Warriors games at, at, at old, you know, back in Oakland. Um, even here during, you know, the, the 22 playoff run, Chase Center got freaking loud sometimes. I don't know if it ever got as, as loud as Roracle, but you could feel it in that building. The, the thing on Wednesday for me was, you never felt it. Like there was never a point in which you could be proactive or reactive from a positive standpoint because literally, like the caller said, I think a couple calls ago, out of the gates, two straight turnovers that turned into threes. Like there was no moment. I think this, it was the same case on Sunday against the Raptors. The building was dead, but the team didn't give them a reason to come to life. And not that you necessarily need one, but I also think it's it's a little. I don't know. Just I, I don't expect a fan that isn't feeling you know, good about their team's performance to just try to rally the troops when you're down 25 out of the gates. Like that's that's a hard thing for me to expect a, a fan or a group of fans to do. The other distinction I want to make too is, and I, I'm with I'm with I'm with Bleacher Dave. It'd be very difficult for me to envision booing Stephen Curry. I would never do that. I don't think fans are booing a particular player when they boo. They're booing the effort that they see on. The baseball field, or the hardwood, or the gridiron. They're booing the organization as a team. So, while Clay Thompson feels, you know, he doesn't care about being booed, they're not. They're not just booing Clay. They're not just booing Steph. They're booing everyone one through fifteen on the roster, as well as maybe even the owners that sit in courtside there, maybe the GM that's in the building, because they're not happy with the product that they're seeing on the floor. So, you know, while I'm not one to boo, and I think the power of silence perhaps is, is more deafening, I, I don't think that people are booing a four time champ. They're not booing the four time champs. They're booing a team that is one that doesn't have energy. Like, that, that lacks effort. And that is where I do think it's fair. So while I would be torn as well, and I, I grouped the caller, uh, to me, you know, when and where you get to choose your spot, it, it just kind of comes to you in the moment. It's it, it's how you feel. And I think that's what we're hearing from a lot of these callers. Is let's let's get back out to Antioch. Bring on Rosalyn who wants to talk about the fans and booing. What's up, Rosalyn? You're on with FP and Evan on 95.7 The Game. Good morning. I hope you guys are having a great day. You too. I just, I just wanted to say... From the season tickets we had in Oakland, everyone would cheer no matter whether the Warriors were losing, winning, whatever. Going to San Francisco and being a ticket, a, sorry, season ticket holder is depressing. And I'm not just saying the game from the other day. I'm saying every game we go to, no one is really cheering from beginning to end, whether we're winning or we're losing. They're just sitting there. People want their drinks. They want their food. They don't care about the game unless we're winning and blowing someone out. Then they care. You could, We could be leading by 12, and they still don't cheer. They cheer towards the end of the game. So to boo them is, I think it's really tasteless. And when the 49ers lost years ago, it, back in the 80s, we, when Dallas used to come in and beat us and knock us out, you still cheered for the 49ers, whether we win or lose. And that's the same thing we should be doing for the Warriors. 
the Giants, when they were losing, we were right there with our grandparents, getting the free bats and everything. We still cheered for them. We were lousy, but we cheered. I just think it's unfair the way our fans are in San Francisco. And I was born and raised in San Francisco all my life, so. Thanks, Rosalind. Why do you think the? I wonder why she thinks the fans like are like that in San Francisco. Uh, is is Rosalind still? It's a different fan base. Yeah, it's a different fan base now than it was back then. Even in Oakland, you could tell when you come to San Francisco and you come to a Warrior game, you could tell the difference. Thanks, Rosalind. Look, I mean, I, I don't think it's people just in San Francisco. I mean, it's people all around the Bay Area. Like, the Bay Area is a very different place than it was even when I was growing up, you know, 10, 15 years ago. I'd, like, the, the Bay Area is different. It's got different people. It's got different fans. It's got different expectations. And uh, the, the, the situation that occurred on Wednesday and even Sunday, like, I don't know how you feel about this, FP, but the Warriors are, are victims of their own success. I mean, they've, they've set a bar so freaking high for themselves that I think, whether it's fair or not, people do expect them to compete night in and night out because that's what they've seen for a decade. I, I don't know. like Any team that has Stephen Curry on it, I expect to be one that's competitive. And right now, or at least the last two games, the Warriors didn't look competitive at home. And I think that's what maybe the, the boos are just a reaction to being in shock. But I, I was shocked the last two games. And I, I think that you know with the 49ers right now, people are in an expectation mode for, I don't know, certainly a deep postseason run. But if I don't think they'll get booed at home if, if they lose you know a tight game to even the Cowboys like Roslyn was talking about. I just think the Warriors are in a different place than where other barrier teams are. And people are coming to grips with the mortality of this team. But we do got to hit a break. Um, and we got to get to, on the other side, of course, the conversation about the playoffs. But also, I do want to hear from the fans and continue to, to talk about how they feel about the state. Both of the Warriors, the Niners, and where you're at right now as the postseason begins for the NFL. 888-957-9570 is the number. That's FB Santangelo. My name is Evan Giddings. And a reminder, you can catch all four hours of Steiny and Guru on the free Odyssey app, plus watch us on YouTube and Twitch, powered by First NorCal Credit Union.